Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by the Climb Career Summit, which is powered by Weber Shanwick and fueled by Nike. What is the Climb? Well, I am so glad that you asked. The Climb is an interactive soft skills career summit that was created with ambitious middle career Black women in mind. The theme of the 2022 summit the Great Reshuffle, Redefining the Corporate Dream. So if you're trying to figure out what the next chapter of your career can look like, you want to be in the building. For more information on the climb, head to ictlsummit.com. Again, that's ictlsummit.com. And I look forward to seeing you. In today's episode, we are talking about how to set your teams up for success. So if you are a people manager, um, this will help you think through how to motivate and empower your current employees and direct reports to essentially be more uh, productive, to also uh, feel more valued and more seen to do the work. And for people who are aspiring people managers, this gives you a glimpse into a skill that you absolutely must develop if you plan to be an effective leader of the future. So as always, grab your I Choose a Ladder notebook and pen your favorite drink and get ready to get to work. Excited to be talking about this this specific topic today because I think it's one that is low-hanging fruit for a lot of leaders. We just don't necessarily think about it in this way. So my goal is to give you a little bit of perspective-shifting opportunities as you think about um, what it means to um, help and set up your teams for success or the individual members of your team so that collectively they can become um, more effective, more productive, um, more efficient as you um, work through whatever business challenges you are solving for. Um, for those of you who I have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Watchin Yanu. I am the founder and CEO of I Choose the Ladder, which is a career development agency that works with large corporations to develop and retain their talent. And we specialize in the development and retention of Black female talent. Um, and one of the things that we have noticed over the, the years of doing the work um, is that employees and managers and, and managers slash leaders, although they're not the same, um, tend to be like two ships passing the night, especially when you're talking about diverse populations, Black women for the purposes of this conversation. Um, there are things that leaders need to say to their diverse teams and maybe their entire team, but specifically their diverse teams that they don't say because of fear of the unknown, right? How the person will respond, how they'll be perceived, not knowing if they're going to say the right thing or not and the repercussions for that. And so they keep those things close to the vest. They never tell the person, but then it negatively impacts their career progression, their opportunities, their networking, all those things. And on the flip side, there are things that employees of color desperately want to tell their managers and desperately want to tell their leaders. But again, it's the same fear, right? So it's fear on both sides of being stereotyped, retaliated against, being told they're not a team player, all the other stereotypes that come with um, someone maybe who is a little bit more outspoken, but they'll say those things to me. And so those leaders, though, need to hear that feedback because they're the ones in the position of power to make policy changes, to make departmental shifts, to make personnel changes. And so for me, we have two resources. One is called um, Career Chat, and it's where we tell your employees all the things that you say to us. And then we have Unfiltered, and that's where we tell all of our leaders what your teams and the members of your or your staff are saying. And so this for me is like my offering because I do really feel that 
corporate America can be a good place if you understand like what you're up against and if you have some preparation that can help you think through the function of your job and your teams as you develop as a whole person, right? So today we're going to talk about setting your teams up for success. And one of the things that has been the most shocking to me, right? So since we uh, created the review planner, I think it was in 2020 is when it was 2019, 2020. One of those years is when the planner was launched. And the question, one of the questions in the beginning of it is, how is your boss measuring your success? And there were so many people who were guessing, or I think that this is what it is, or my boss hasn't really been clear, or I like, I don't know. There was a lot of confusion around specifically how people's success was being measured. And so what happens is you have a group of people who have a vague idea of what it is that you want as a manager, right? Um, and granted, you're not going to know everything, but they have a vague idea. And so they start doing all of this stuff. They're raising their hands for these projects. They're joining these groups and committees. They're joining these affinity groups. They're volunteering for this. They're killing it at work. And then they burn out, right? Because they haven't been strategic about the types of work that is most appropriate for how their success is being measured. And so if you are a people leader, my first tip for you is going to be to make sure that you know how success is being measured and your employee knows how success is being measured. And then you're in thought partnership, right? In terms of the, the responsibilities of their job, how can they most effectively execute that to get them to that success metric? I find that if there is clarity in communication and clarity in what the North Star is, you tend to avoid a lot of that frustration. Doesn't mean it's not going to be hard work and all those things. It means that it will be hard work that is tied to a bigger outcome, which for everybody is a, is a healthier environment. The second part of that is to understand what your employees want, right? So um, I think a good leader, right? So we all know that turnover is terrible and we want to keep our high performing um, staff members and we want to make sure that like, they're happy and that they don't leave. But oftentimes we don't ask ourselves, like, what is that person's ultimate career goal or objective, right? And as their leader, how can you help and empower them to meet those objectives, even if it does not mean that you get to keep them for the lifespan of their career, right? Which is tough because when you have a rock star on your team, you're like, man, like this person is a, is a game changer, a department changer, makes things happen. But that person may see something different for themselves in the next, you know, two years, three years, five years, however long. And so you want to make sure that you are clear on how they are seeing success for their career and you're balancing out the success for your department or success for the work with development um, of what the success for their career looks like. So here, let me simplify it a little bit. So let's say for there's someone right now who's a coordinator in marketing, but ultimately, I don't know why I use this example because I don't know if that I've ever seen this happen, but a coordinator in marketing who ultimately wants to get into accounting, right? So they're in school for accounting. Marketing is like what they've been doing, but like they love the numbers and they love all that stuff. As their marketing manager, there are certain deliverables and certain things and certain skill sets that they need to be able to display within your um, within your department, right? But if you know that for success for them ultimately is to be in accounting, are there things within your department that you can help them or start to help them develop the skills because you know their ultimate career goal, right? So is there a budget that you all operate from that you manage that you can share or have them be a part of working on maintaining, um, providing reports and summaries on, right? Like, are there things that um, 
that or conversations that you're maybe having about the numbers, how you come up with the numbers and all of that stuff. Are there opportunities within your department for them to one, grow in and, and execute well in the work that they're doing for you? But can you find projects that are tied to where you know that they ultimately want to go? Right. So if you've identified a gap, it's it's a it's a sign of like investment in the whole person, not just in what they can do for your department. And ultimately, that leads to happier, more loyal, more fulfilled employees because they feel like you care about them. And you've heard me say this ad nauseum, right? Like if people feel like you care about them, like like honestly care about them, they're going to work harder for you because then it's not just a job. It's not just a transactional thing, right? Work is not just a transaction. For them, it's relationships. It's it's not family because I always think it's when people say we're a family, but it's it's relationships, right? It's an investment in people and 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 their joy and their happiness and all those things. So having conversations clearly and without offense. So one of the things that I hear frequently is that people are afraid to tell their managers that they want to do something else or that they're interested in something else because all immediately in that manager's mind, they become a flight risk. Even if the person's not planning on leaving for like five years, so they start scaling back on the responsibilities or they start like stop helping them develop. And so there's a fear of like, well, let me do this sneakily, right? Let me do this behind their back because again, I don't want any consequences. But if you are a space where you care about the whole person who works for you, um, you would know like how they're measuring success for them in their careers. And then ultimately helping them find opportunities to become and home to become better at and honing those skills while of course killing it at work, right? Like they are hired to do their core job. And so the expectation as you all discuss success for the role is going to be a certain a certain um, deliverable product or a certain product that is delivered at a at a, a certain level, right? Like that is important, but make sure that you are also clear on what that person wants. And if there are opportunities for you to help develop them into that, I think that is is a, an amazing way to get people to work harder for you and get to success on your team. Um, I would also be really transparent. And I know this is hard and I'm surprised at how, at how hard this is, but I guess it's like nature versus nurture. Um, being transparent about your own career journey, how your definition of success has changed over time, what success meant for you when you were more junior, and what success means for you meant for you if you were when you were in middle management, and what success looks like for you now. What things did you factor into your decisions when you took on roles? What things have you learned along the way, right? So the the journey to wherever it is that people are going oftentimes feels very lonely, right? And you make mistakes and you do things. And you're like, oh my God, I'm the first person to do this. This feels really dumb, blah, blah, blah. But your manager probably went through the same thing when they were in that role. But because there's such a wall up between the managers and their teams, right, people don't know that it's a normal part of their developmental process and then they don't course correct. And so if you are able to share um, the things that you have done over time that have added to your success and more importantly, the things that you have done um, over time that maybe they were a lesson learned, but they didn't move you closer to your goal, right? They didn't move you closer to success and being honest with yourself and with your staff, right? And I'm not saying going to like your, your weekly staff meeting and be like, oh my God, I suck at this and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not, 
that is not the appropriate place for that. But as you do your one-on-ones, as you do your performance reviews, as you do your your quarterly check-ins, like we recommend in the in the performance review planner, like those are opportunities to humanize the corporate experience, um, so that people on your team don't get so jaded and so down in thinking that they're such a failure and all of those things. And I think the last thing that I would say on this topic in terms of setting your teams up for success is understanding what motivates the people on your team. Like what motivates them to work harder? What motivates them to care more about the process, about the department, about the company, about the work, about the client, whatever it is that they need to care about, right? Like for some folks, it's compensation, right? It's spot bonuses, it's... um raises at the end of the year. For some folks, it's title, right? For some folks, it is being appreciated publicly, right? So doing something and you sending out an all-team email or an all-company email or standing up at an all-hands meeting and calling them out specifically for some work that they've done, right? For some people, that's enough. Um, So understanding like what the different motivating factors are for your team and then doing the work to be able to show and 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 do those things for them um, so that they do want to continue to do more of what it is that you're asking for, right? So what you reward gets repeated. What you reward gets repeated. And so if you are rewarding behaviors that you want to see more of, your employees will repeat those things. And if you are rewarding behaviors that um, that you don't want to see more of, you're going to see more of that. And when I say reward, I don't mean like... Um, like you're, you're clapping for somebody who failed at a project, right? Or who didn't do their best at a project. But one of the examples that I do use is like, uh, there are two employees, one has a project, goes off without a hitch, um, budget is fine. Like, like, it's just like, there's nothing to write home about. And then you have another employee who manages the project. There's all types of fire drills. There are all types of emergencies, but that person runs in, saves the day. And then at the team meeting, right, you have an opportunity to highlight one or both of them, and you choose to highlight the great job that the person did at putting out the fires, right? If I'm motivated by public recognition, to me, I'd be like, oh, so I need more fires, right? I need to have more chaos on my on my projects that I can then solve so that I can get the recognition that I want, which is not what you want, right? So I think there are opportunities for learning, right? So learning, um, learning and teaching within your specific uh, department or within your specific group, But then there's also like being aware, right, of what it is that the people, how the people on your team are motivated. And there are a a plethora of ways that you can find out. Um, There are tons of tools. If you all need help, you know, slide in my DMs. We can can talk through that. Um, But making sure that motivations are clear um, and the rewards match the ways in which people are motivated. And then the last part, um, I would say like, I know for managers, it is overwhelming to think about developing people while you're still trying to develop and think about your own career, right? And it's, I don't think that a lot of companies do a great job to prepare people for the managing part of being a people manager, right? So you typically get promoted because your technical abilities are great and you've done a great job on this stuff. And so there's a little bit of training, but it's usually around technical. As you become more senior, less of your job is technical and more of it is on the human side, right? Like the people development, the management of people and personalities and life experiences and all those things. And so I understand, right, that you may have become a people manager without any formal training or any help on what it means to be a people manager. And so being in that space can be really, really intimidating, 
right? And then if you're, you know, managing groups of people who may be a little bit older than you are, or who may be significantly younger than you are, right? Like there are all of those things that come into place. And so if you are not clear on how you can manage your team to success, you should be asking for help. It doesn't make you weak. What makes you weak is knowing that you have a skill gap and your pride or your ego gets in the way of asking for the help that you need. And then ultimately, if you don't ask for that help, it's not only negatively impacting your development and your growth professionally, you're also now negatively impacting the careers and the futures of the people who have been entrusted in your care at work. And so I know this stuff is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I know you still have like things that you're being measured on by your boss in terms of, you know, deliverables and all of that. But a, a key part of what you agree to when you decide to be a people manager is to help develop the next generation of leaders, even as you develop into your own leadership style and your own leadership role. And so ask for the help that you need. The people who work for you are counting on you, right? They see you as someone where they, a lot of them see you as someone who knows more, who's done more, who has a little bit more wisdom, who all of those things, right? Um, and so you want to make sure that you're living up to the the, the nonverbal contract that you have signed when you've decided I'm going to take on this team, I'm going to take on these people. And so if you need help, it's not a sign of weakness. Ask for the help. There are resources. There are tons of people in your organization who have been exactly where you are in the same way that you've been where some of your staff members have been who can help guide you through this stuff, point you to resources, to books. I Choose a Ladder is always a resource for you, but you want to make sure that you are thinking through how you can better manage the people who have been entrusted to your care, because that will ultimately be um, what history will reflect about you and your leadership, right? Like what the people that you manage say about you when your name comes up in their career journey. You guys have heard me talk about Peter Rasafi at nauseum. He was my first boss at Comedy Central. And he is one of the reasons that I am who I am today professionally, because he was such an amazing boss and an amazing force for me and my development and my success and and teaching me the things that I didn't necessarily know as someone who didn't necessarily come from a family where everyone was in corporate. My parents both retired from the first jobs that they ever had in America, right? And so it's like um, a lot of the stuff I had to figure out on my own. And I was fortunate in that Peter as a manager was able to spot some of that and help me uh, and be a thought partner in my growth as opposed to like shaming me or or feeling like I already have enough things to do. Because at the time he was the head of marketing for the entire uh, television network that we worked on. So he had a huge job. He had tons of direct reports, but he saw that I was someone who needed the help and who needed the growth and development. And so he made it part of his job to make sure that I got that. And so don't be, don't feel ashamed if you maybe are not your most confident as a people manager. There are tons of resources out there and you will be a better leader in the future if you start to address those skill gaps now. Um, but that's all I have for you guys for today. Um, as always, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, watching Yanu. You can also connect with the company on Instagram at I Choose a Ladder or with me personally at I See You Watching. And until next time, thank you for listening.